Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end with friends we never want to leave over food we probably shouldn't be eating. Friends, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Diner Talks with James. I'm James. Super excited to be here with you all again, my friends. We are out here. We got a special episode coming up for you. Joyce Spring is about to come on to the stage, y'all. I'm not proud of this, but at the same time, I'm proud of this. This is my first international interview, first of many. Buckle up, y'all. She is coming all the way from the Philippines right now. You want to do some time zone math, y'all. Try to coordinate someone with a meeting on the other side of the earth. I don't know how many times I double-checked what day, time it is, whatnot. It's technically 11 o'clock central time where I'm filming in the United States. That means it is uh, 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, in Philippine time, uh, the time in the Philippines. And so we got it done, though, y'all. We are here. Let's bring her out right now. And let me tell you about her first, though, because y'all got to know. All right, we don't just jump in and start talking, y'all. Joy Spring has the number one podcast in the Philippines. Number one on Spotify, number one on iTunes. That's a flex, y'all, okay? It's called Adulting with Joyce Pring. I've, I've had the opportunity to be on it. It is an incredible affair. I recommend you definitely check it out. She also has an amazing lifestyle show also on YouTube. It's just Joyce Spring TV. That's easy to look up. Um, but so make sure you check her out because she's going through some really amazing stuff. She talks about relationships on there, lifestyle stuff, self help uh and new parenting things that she's going through uh, it's really well done and it, it's a shot with incredible cameras uh and it's uh it's a beautiful affair uh and uh outside of the media uh one thing that i've loved and she and i just met a a handful of months ago and she is easily top three kindest people i have met in recent times. Just a wonderful soul. And I'm so excited for you to meet her. And that's evident in the work that she does and how she gives back to the community. She's a world vision ambassador. Casual, y'all. She does incredible work giving back to this earth, uh, especially through uh, her her government and and through the media that she does and the TV appearances and whatnot. Uh, She always has other people on the brain. And it's really beautiful the way she tells their stories. I'm super excited to hear some more of her story today, y'all. Let's bring her out right now. Joyce Pring. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my friend. I, I think that will have to be the best introduction I have ever received in my whole life. Literally. Well, there you, you just let me know when to show up. You got a permanent <laughs> hype man in me, Joyce. <laughs> You know, apart from being a host and a speaker, you should be a hype man. Apart from doing everything, if you have time, you should be a hype man, James. I mean, I'm, I think you there's know, in that. There's always room for another stream of income, right? I think we can figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> How are you today, friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm halfway across the world. So excited to be here. Um, I love your work. We love having you on the podcast. We did mention that we want to have you again on the podcast, but now being here on your show feels amazing. And I just want to congratulate you for doing the math well, because we, you figured it out. You and Kiara figured it out. You figured out the time zones. 
We did. Yeah. We did. We did the time zone. You know, it's 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 hard enough when it's like one or two hour difference here in the states, um, but uh, it, it was yeah. But it was also it was also really cool. Uh, like, I mean, how how incredible is it? And this is cheesy, but I'm whatever. I love cheese. Um, but like, how crazy is it that you and I are talking right now? Right, just like casually on a video call, and just like I don't know, technology. There's every once in a while where I zoom out and be like, I don't know how mm-hmm. this is happening, but I'm grateful it is. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I love that this is the first time that you're doing an international collaboration. I'm so honored that I'm the first person uh, as an international collab. But I feel like it would be so amazing for you when you get to do so many other international yes. collabs. Because it's just crazy being able to talk to someone from a different part of the world and hearing their stories. And you just feel so little and so big at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I consider uh, this is breaking the seal, right? now i already have uh, as soon as we got you on the calendar i was like i got it i have to get more because why not uh and uh yeah i don't know especially uh in a world that doesn't always do a good job at listening uh what a way to kind of bring people together in a medium like podcasting to help people uh, bring us a little bit closer together and recognize that humans are humans definitely you know if I may just add, that's precisely the reason why I love podcasting, because mm. it gives you the chance to listen to other people, to really see what they're going through, to see life from a different perspective, and to actually respect and empathize other people without necessarily constantly agreeing with them. You know, like I could be with someone that I don't agree with, but then listen to their opinion and be like, okay, that's an interesting way to go about it, you know, and, and you only get to do that. <laughs> I mean, and you only get to do that with a podcast or with by maximizing technology to be able to listen and empathize to each other better. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I could not agree more. That was beautifully put. Joyce, here's the thing. The show is called Diner Talks with James. Now, uh, have you ever been to, I guess, what would be considered a, a traditional diner before? Uh, like a, a place that's got a, it's got a, a flat top grill. They're serving uh, eggs and pancakes and things like mm-hmm. that. Have you been to a diner before? I have. I have. Yes. Um, a couple of times I've traveled to uh, New York City because my best friend moved there. So oh, we would great. often go to diners just to get a really good piece of cheesecake and yes. coffee. You know, you know, that combination of cheesecake and coffee in the morning. That's uh-huh. that's sometimes all you need. So, yes, in the morning, and, and, I love it <laughs> in the morning, just, just a randomly having a huge piece of cheesecake in the morning. <laughs> I got coffee. So at least right. It has exactly. a semblance of breakfast in it. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, you're, I mean, you're basically eating brunch at that point, right? And you're kind of mixing uh-huh. the morning coffee with the afternoon. Yeah. You're good. I think it's fine with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now here's my, here's my question for you in the Philippines. Is there a late night eating equivalent, right? Or you know, like, is there, are there restaurants that are open a little bit late? Is it street food markets? Is it just grandma's cooking something at all hours? What's, what's going on over there? We love food in the Philippines. So the yeah. Philippines, we we eat everything, and not that's not usually a good thing, but we eat everything, <laughs> and and we also have like late night food. So we have this this um this thing called paris, which is like beef brisket, and you always mm. eat it with beef brisket. That's a little bit that's it's saucy, and then you get it with rice, garlic with garlic rice, and then some soup. So you call that recovery food. So when you get drunk, (laughs) 
when you get drunk by around 11 or 12 midnight, the Paris is open until 5 in the morning so that you can party all night and then eat at the Paris station at around 3 or 4 in the morning. And it just feels so good to have that grease and that mm. soup and that beef brisket and that garlic rice in you. So I think that would be our late night food. That's kind of our diner situation here. Um, and yeah, we have... Filipinos love eating and cooking. Have you ever been to the Philippines? I have not, not yet. Uh, but not you, yet, uh, right. you That's offered, right. you offered that if I ever did show up, that you would, uh, you take me under your wing. And better believe, yes. I uh, recorded that, downloaded it, put it in writing, <laughs> and it's official. So <laughs> it is, it is, it's, it's, it's a great place to be, and the food is amazing. Uh, it's cheap at that too, and we have fresh food every single day. So. It's good. Yeah. It's good. We'd love to take you around here. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, it's those late night meals, like you said, when you're with your friends and who knows what happened throughout the night, but they're this, those people <laughs> that you never want to leave and the food that you probably shouldn't be eating, but at the same time, maybe mm -hmm. it's actually going to help you tomorrow. Uh, that's what that's what this podcast is built off of, trying to recreate those amazing conversations with awesome people. Uh, and so that's why I'm super excited to have you here, Joyce. And so I was wondering when you were younger, we're going to start all the way at the back because you and I have, Ooh. we've known, we haven't known each other too long. Um, and so I just want to get to know you a little bit better. So here's, here's a classic first question. What did you want to be when you grew up When you were super wow. young? What did you want to be? Take me all the way back. We're going so profound right off the bat here. Thanks, James. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I wanted well, to be a race car driver. So, I mean, as profound as that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I Actually, just to give you a little bit of background, I grew, I grew up in a poor family. So, mm -hmm. I grew up in a poor family um, in, a, a, I guess you would call a little bit of a slums area here in the Philippines. And I didn't know how to speak. A different any other language apart from Filipino when I was eight or ten years old and, and you know that's a that's a sign of not being able to afford anything here in the Philippines um, mm. and I just wanted to be a doctor when I was a kid because being in the Philippines the the constant Asian thing I guess that you would get from other people is that if you become a doctor or a lawyer or any other professional profession that is um, yeah. that's in line with that you'd get out of poverty and you'd have a better life and so I guess when I was a kid I just started off as I wanted to have a better life I wanted to have a more comfortable life than what I had been born into and becoming a doctor was that ticket for me you know so yeah. I never really saw myself doing all this media stuff because my whole life, it was always um, studying better, studying smarter so that I'd get better grades, so that I'd eventually get to medical school. But then somewhere along the way, I met friends that <laughs> kind of told me, you know what? It's great that you you want to be a doctor, but maybe you can start doing media. Maybe you could start doing, you know, reading some stuff and, and, and modeling and doing mm. all of these um, online stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. When that when that first happened, when your friends were first like, hey, this could be a thing. I mean, I assume you weren't like, oh, OK, I'll go do that really quick. Right. Like, I mean, that had to be I don't know. Whenever my friends told me you could do this, even when they told me I could be a professional mm -hmm. speaker, I was like, well, I can't be a speaker. I don't even know how to talk. <laughs> right. Like and you just like find all the reasons why you could never be the thing that other people thought that, yeah. that they saw in you. It's such a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. Right. Uh, other people often see our greatness before we do. And, and it doesn't make them 
them wrong, right? Um, yeah. But in that moment, do you remember how you reacted when first pe when people were first telling you like, oh, you could do media, you can be in front of the camera, whether it's a still or video? You know what? I just came from a place of practicality because I was in college the first time that people were telling me they should try doing media. And I was working at the same time I was studying in college. So my work demanded for me to be, it was an offshore company. So I had to work from 12 midnight to 9 a.m. And then my first class in college was at 10.30 a.m. So you can imagine the kind oh. of lifestyle I was living. I was <laughs> exhausted, constantly exhausted. And my friends were just like, you know what? You could start doing media because you're good at speaking you're good at this you're good at that maybe you could try it out and I the first thing that came to mind was not even my potential or that people saw potential in me but yeah. more that I just needed a place to be more practical with the work that I do I just needed more sleep and that if that means that working in the media would give me that then I'll try it out but you're right in saying that most of the time we don't see our potential until somebody points it out to us because I I just thought I would be a writer my whole life, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought I'd be the nerd, the writer, and I thought that would be the only thing that I could do with my life. And I was always, you know, I think I, I felt like I had this chip on my shoulder that, oh, I came from this background. I, I had no ties in show business. I had no ties in the media. I could never be in that platform because I wouldn't mm. have anybody to help me get on that platform. But people would often and, and friends, I think, would often encourage me and tell me that, you know what, you you're you're saying no already without even trying you're already saying that you're incapable of something without even making the effort to try and see if you are capable of doing it so yeah i think i think my whole media life was more like that i never knew that i could be on tv and, yeah. and then somebody told me you should be on tv i never knew i could be on radio and then somebody asked me to be on radio and and all of these other things and then eventually it just kind of led into me eventually trying out all things on my own so yeah, yeah, I love it. Don't you don't you hate those friends that like be like, no, you should do this. No, you're actually good at this. Like, I don't I fire those friends all the time. Listen, you got to stop <laughs> believing in me. OK, I'm over it. Right. Enough of this kindness, enough of this seeing more for me. Right. Uh, <laughs> here's a cool through line between what you just shared. Uh, because you, you talked about wanting to be a doctor, not wanting to be a doctor because I'm going to save lives and, and have a mm -hmm. huge impact. I'm sure that was something yeah. you did care about. It's not like you didn't care about that, but it was the practicality of what being a doctor meant that you could do in your life. Right. Yeah. And then it was the practicality of like, well, I guess I'll do media because it's a, like, you were one of the first people that I've ever said of like, you know, I think doing media is pretty practical, right? Like in most other places, it's like, those are the crazy dreamers. Of like, I'm going to be on television, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I love for you in your time, it was like, no, this yeah. is the practical thing for me to do because of the lifestyle that I'm currently living, the way my classes and the, and the, the job that I was working. Yeah. That's so funny. Do you notice, <laughs> is that, uh, are you still a fairly practical person? Is that some, is that the way your brain functions still? Not anymore. I, okay. and, and I like that. I like that you pointed that out because I guess the first few years of me working, it started out as practicality because I had to fulfill a need that 
I had in my life, which was yeah. I needed financial stability. I needed uh, I needed to have a normal life, you know, a comfortable life because I didn't grow up with that. So it all started with practicality and I would go where practicality would take me. It wasn't purpose first or passion first. It was always give me a job and I'll take it. Whatever job you can give me that yeah. would give me enough money to to fund my life and to 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 help my family, I'll take that. And eventually I think you know, a lot of people would talk about finding your passion and your purpose. And some, for some of us, honestly, it doesn't start that way. Some of us just start yeah. with practicality. And then eventually you stumble into something that you find yourself enjoying. And then the only way that you could really stay in a particular job and really enjoy it for the rest of your life, like what we're both doing now, what I'm doing now with my profession, is when you find a bigger purpose than just practicality. And I think with any work that we do, whether it was me writing at that time, working in an offshore company, a BPO company, to now working in the media, what kept me going is a, a bigger purpose, definitely a bigger purpose than myself and than, than that practicality. I wanted to be able to support my family and take care of my family. I wanted to be able to use the platform that I had acquired in the years that I was working in media to inspire other people, to help other people, yeah. to give voice to other people. And so what started out as practicality eventually ended up with purpose. So lit a fire. Yeah, yeah for sure. Fire, definitely. It really did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. It's, it's funny to think back to, uh, uh, to, to think back and be like, what would my life have been like if I was a doctor, right? Like, you know, and, and you still would be, I mean, you still would be impacting others, right? In a very beautiful way, but a very different way. It's so funny to think about if I chose, if I just stayed on the one path and kept my blinders on, where would I be? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. But you did choose this and, and, it, yeah. and, it, and it did blow up and it's really beautiful. Uh, and so, you know, you have become a, a full-fledged influencer, as the kids are saying mm. these days, um, <laughs> right? But like, you're a full-blown influencer. When did, when did it go from, uh, like, like a little bit what you mentioned, just expand on a little bit. When did it go from like uh, influencer being the goal or, or just being the result? Like, do you think it was the goal all along once you kind of mm -hmm. started to get into media and see the power of story, the power of media and, and your role within it? Do you think the goal was influencer or was it just kind of the result because you just kept hustling? Yeah, it was. It's the latter. You know, it was kind of the result because I kept hustling. And, and the thing is, I didn't start out as an influencer, I started out as a TV host. So I was actually working in TV. And, and, and I guess, would you agree with me that the digital world is so powerful, even more than TV nowadays, right? Like yes. I know more people because of the internet than I do because of watching TV. Like I was in a hotel recently and I was like, wow, this is what channel surfing feels like. <laughs> I never, I've forgotten this, you know, most yeah. of the time it'll just go straight to Netflix, search for the movie that you're looking for. And, and that's it. But now, you know, and, and the reason why I say that is because I started in TV and I kid you not for a couple of years, I was on TV and I was not earning any money. I wasn't earning as much money as I thought I would be. So I started creating content online just because I felt like, okay, TV 
maybe not for me, maybe not a lot of people will see me on TV. I've been working so hard, but not a lot of people recognize me. Maybe if I start creating my own, con- own content and you know using my own voice in the digital platform, then people would start noticing. And so yeah. that's how it kind of snowballed. I always say that my main work is in TV. I still host a morning show here in the Philippines. Um, I, I still I used to anchor the, the 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 evening news as their showbiz reporter. I used to do that, but now I do a lot of online stuff because it just feels like there's more chances for you to reach out other people. I mean, we I don't yeah. think we'd ever get the chance to talk, James, if I were I were just here in the Philippines because. TV, television shows here in the Philippines, they would focus on stuff that's happening here in the Philippines. You know, it's yeah, for obviously, sure. right? But yeah, in have to buy the some expensive way- cable package in order to maybe see a, sh- a channel in the Philippines. <laughs> exactly, definitely. Yeah. So like, I have to, you know, I had to maximize. And you know what I loved about digital when I was starting out? I loved that it, it leveled out the playing field. I love mm. that I didn't have to, because when you're in TV, you have to fit a certain mold. I remember when I started hosting and um, my producers were asking, so what are you? Because you write, you sing in a band, whatever. What are you? Are you the rocker girl? And I was like, I'm not the rocker girl. I, think, <laughs> I don't think I can brand myself as the rocker girl. But they always want you to fit a certain mold. Like you cannot be a multifaceted, multi-hyphenate human. You have to be that one brand that we could put you on a mold and sell you as such. Does that make sense? Yeah, for and sure. So, yeah, so I didn't want to be that. And I felt like the internet was this beautiful thing, especially when the trolls weren't that big yet in 2011. <laughs> pre trolls. Pre trolls era where we all wanted just watching random unicorns on our screens <laughs> and cat memes. When it was all that, you know, it was fun to be yourself and, and present your ideas and create. YouTube videos and and talk to people and make friends online. And I found that to be so interesting. And then it just ended up snowballing into this career of actually being an influencer, of endorsing brands in the digital platform. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the internet makes us all uh, so much closer, right? It's 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 a, mm-hmm. it feels like there's way more or way less degrees of separation from us. Uh, that TV is like uh, it's like almost un, it feels like not a little untouchable, right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the way that you put that. Like, I mean, for example, there's a, a new app that's really popular right now called Clubhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and like, you know, I. I was able to get on stage and ask like Malcolm Gladwell a question the other day, right? Like on this app. And like my friend just texted me. He's like, I was just talking to Paris Hilton about cryptocurrency. This is what is life. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what life is, but that's the power of, of this digital media space. Right. Mm-hmm. It just, it just brings everybody a little bit closer. Uh, and it, yeah, I think it's beautiful. And the way that you use it is really awesome as well uh, because you bring people into your life, right. With the joy spring TV show, uh, Mm-hmm. on YouTube and stuff like that, right? The way that you connect. Um, but it's also fascinating because there are ways to build those walls. There are ways to build that separation between you and your audience. And and if you wanted to, you could make, and you don't do this, thank you. Um, but if you wanted to, you could build these tiers of separation of like, I'm up here and I'm impressive and I'm looking down mm-hmm. on all you people, right? 
Often, authenticity plays such a huge role in who you are and how you show up. But that's difficult mm-hmm. because creating a personal brand and and trying to remain 100% authentic, sometimes there's there's a little attention in between those two things. I know I've noticed it for sure. And sometimes where I was like, well, do I want to post that photo or this photo? Mm-hmm. Should I post this reel on Instagram or this, right? Like, I mean, and just those stories of like, what's in the caption? And if I put hashtags, am I all of a sudden being fake because I want other people to see it? And just like, I don't know, the internet's a bit of a mind you know, numbing place that way sometimes. <laughs> but uh, there are ways to do it uh, with authenticity, with vulnerability, I would be curious to hear how, how do you approach that? How do you try to show your people that, Hey, I just happened to my, my name happens to be Joyce Spring. Yeah, sure. I got a bunch of followers, but like I put my shoes on every day too, right? Like, you know, I'm out here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, how does Definitely. that play a role in how you post or, or show up online? You know, I think it, it also starts with, maybe my background, you know, I, I didn't come from an affluent background. And so I hate it when people kind of put that over you, like I'm better than you because I have more money, influence followers, and I'm better looking. Because when you really think about it, there will always be someone who's better looking, probably richer, and mm-hmm. is just a better human being than that person who's trying to make you feel bad for yourself. And so that in itself humbles me. That in itself reminds me that I am just another human being who just happens to be so blessed and so lucky to be doing what I love and to be given a platform that I can take care of. So I don't want for other people to feel like I'm better than them just because of the opportunities and the privileges that I was given throughout my lifetime. And I think that's how we should all operate. You know, what we don't understand sometimes is we come from all different backgrounds and we are all given different kinds of opportunities and different kinds of skill sets and talents. And sometimes your background, your opportunity, your skill set and your talents will give you a better life than others. And so how can you make things better for the world when you are kind of put into a place where you're just place to thrive, right? So for me, that would always be to kind of level out the playing field in the sense that I would just not look at myself in that way. I would not want to put myself on a pedestal. That's the first one. Um, I understand that every human being has intrinsic value, whether or not they're successful or they have money or they have influence or anything like that. And my dad would always tell me, you have to judge people in the way that they talk to the CEO and the way that they talk to the janitor. So if they talk to the CEO mm. better than the janitor, then there's something wrong there. And that's that's one of the that. many things that I learned from my dad. And my dad also told me what makes a good speaker and what makes a good host and what makes a good leader. He said that a good leader, a good speaker, a good host, they all speak from the heart. And when he says heart, that means like the seat of their being, you know, their authenticity. And he said, People can figure out if you're lying to them. They have like this, he says, it's your sincerity alarm. People can know if you're sincere or if you're just trying to manipulate them to like you or to think that you're better than them or to think that you're smart and you're someone that's important. They will feel that. And so you don't want to be that. You want to be authentic in who you are, in what you do, authentic towards other people, because first, that's respect towards them. And second, that's also giving value to who you are. And so he told me that, you know, what you should be focusing on is not what 
how people see you, but how you treat yourself in order to treat others better. And and how do we do that, right? Um, he says that that happens in the books that you read, that happens in the podcasts that you listen to, that happens in the friends that you surround yourself with. When you surround yourself with good people, when you take in good material within your soul, within your heart, then you are able to be authentically, uh, courageously authentic without fearing that other people won't like you. Because honestly, I did the work. You know, I, 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 I'm trying to be a good person. If you don't like it, then I'm really sorry. But I'm trying to do my best and becoming a good, excellent person and, and, and helping my community. And if that's something that doesn't sit right with you, then I'm sorry. But, you know, it's then it's not for you. So I think... I think that's what authenticity became for me, you know. It became the operating, um, the driver in my life that I, and, I, and I'm sure you see this, James, right? I'm sure you see in your profession as well, a lot of people who try to be inauthentic and try to be somebody else because they know that sells better. If you speak sure. a certain way, if you look a certain way, that sells better. So you try to be that. But I never want to become that because that will also be, tiring and difficult and you'll also be pulled towards so many different directions that you might not be able to withstand for the rest of your life like imagine imagine trying to be the person that's always just trying to be the trending topic online <laughs> you, like, that's such a tiring way to live yeah. imagine to be the, the person that just wants to be that that just wants to have 10,000 likes on your Instagram post every single time you want that kind. I mean, you could, you could, right? If you wanted to, but what kind of life would that give you? What kind of soul will that leave you with? So I, yeah. I just, I don't want to live that way. You know, I want to live an authentic and, and joyful life. And if that means that there's going to be a cap to my, to my influence, then so be it because influence is not everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for coming for Joy Springs TED Talk. Uh, that'll be it for today. Uh, that was, uh, oh you, just said, you just said, if, listen, do me a favor, y'all. Rewind it. Okay. Rewind the tape <laughs> and listen to that one more time. I also just learned something, and that's that I need Joy Springs' father on, the, on an episode. <laughs> I hope he is still with us. If he is not, I'm sorry. I just put my foot in my mouth. Um, but what a wise old sage of a man. Uh, <laughs> he is. What incredible. Like, pay attention to the way someone talks to the CEO and the janitor, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I say that all the time. You know, if I were to talk to your, your flight attendant, if I were to talk to the person that bagged your groceries, if I were to talk to your priest, if I were to talk to your uh, your spouse, your partner, your best friend. Well, they all say a similar thing about your character. And if they're not, then you have work to do. Right. Uh, and uh, what a uh, what a beautiful word. I love I love the way that your father put that. Uh, and, and the fact that uh, I'm, I'm repeating some of these things because they were so good. I don't care. Uh, I'll be redundant. <laughs> I'll be redundant. Um, but uh, the uh, the fact that the, the leader, the host, and the speaker, uh, what do they all have in common? They, they, they come from the heart, uh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they speak from the seat of their being. That's a quote. Uh, and uh, yeah, I love that. Joyce, the way that you put that is, is, is beautiful. And, and we know that trying to be someone you're not takes way more effort Right. And so like chasing down those likes, chasing down those everything, like there's so many people that want to be influencers, but they are not influential. 
-hmm. right? And there's a big difference between the two. Um, if you are not influential, then how would you, why would you ever get to be an influencer, right? Like, what mm -hmm. are you doing that is impacting the world around you? Uh, that would deem you someone who is worthy of having that kind of moment. Uh, and mm. so, uh, so many people want the shine, but they don't see that the way to get there is from them finding something that they care about so much that they think other people need to care about, that they fall into complete alignment. And they're like, this is going to be my thing that I give to the world. Uh, and that's hard to find, right? That's hard. That's why we see people like trying all the things, right? Um, and, and I don't blame them, right? I mean, no one just pops out. It's like, I will do this, right? That's just not the way it works, right? I mean, look at you. You were, you were, uh, uh, you wanted to be a doctor and now, uh, and now you're a, a TV host, a podcast host, uh, a digital media creator, a speaker, right? I wanted to be a race car driver. Then I wanted to be a marine biologist. Then I got a master's wow. in counseling and then I worked in higher education and now I'm a speaker, right? There's, it doesn't have to be linear. We beat ourselves mm -hmm. up about that a lot of times, right? That we think yeah. life is this series of railroad tracks where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to, you're going to get off at the high school graduation and then you'll get off at college graduation and then you'll get your first job and then you'll get married and you'll get a dog and you'll have a kid and you'll die and then you'll, you know, retire and die. Um, right? like that's, <laughs> life is not, <laughs> life is not meant to be constricted to train tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, where are you finding what you care about? Not just what the world tells you you're supposed to care about, or I don't know. Yeah. What you just said, I don't know. It clearly got me fired up because I'm ranting at this point, Joyce. So thank you uh, for finding the switch. Uh <laughs> I let my dad know. I let my dad know. You let him Jason know. Bologna. Loves him. Yeah. Get me on his calendar. Uh, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, as someone with influence here in the United States, women, uh, women who have power are unfortunately still struggling to break through glass ceilings and whatnot. I mean, Kamala Harris has been a beautiful example of uh, finally of how far women should have been able to get and still should go further in the leadership of this country. Uh, but still, if you look at how many CEOs are women, if you look at how many, et cetera, et cetera, whatever owners, whatever, you can go all the way out. Uh, uh, for women, it is still a harder road. It's funny, you know, mm -hmm. I know that you are, uh, you're having a baby. And so I think you'll appreciate this. But when my wife and I were, were talking about, we were thinking about doing some sort of gender reveal par uh, party. Um, but then we're like, no, I don't think we're going to do that. But her idea was to get a piggy bank and if it was going to be a boy, we'd have a dollar in the piggy bank. And if it was a girl, there was going to be 78 cents in there uh, because women make 78 cents to the dollar. As you can tell, I'm married to a badass woman. Um, and so uh, we wound up having a boy and we're like, it's just not as funny. If it was a woman, it would have been, if we, were, if we had a girl that would have actually been funny, but now it's just kind of sad. So, uh, but here's my question for you uh, in, in the Philippines, uh, is it different uh, for you as a woman um, or are there still, do you find pushback, right? You talked about the trolls coming out of the, the woodworks. Is this, is this still a, uh, a tougher road for you than some of your male counterparts? And do you get, I feel like you get more 
I would assume you get more pressure put on you. The spotlight is brighter because you are a woman. Do you feel that? Is that true in the Philippines for you? I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but you know, okay. I, I think I, I want to say that in the Philippines also, we see a lot of women leaders. I, I'm i proud of the Philippines because we have a lot of women CEOs. We have a lot of women um, business owners. Majority of the uh, of our leaders here are women. We have a lot yes. of women expos. We have a lot of all those amazing things. And that's, I think, the reason why I wasn't afraid to just step out and get it because I was surrounded by a lot of people who believed in me. But that doesn't mean that I, I don't get the same kind of, um, I guess, difficulty as other women from across the world. You know, uh, one example would be just in my physical appearance. People are constantly talking about my physical appearance because mm. I'm a woman. The moment I gain weight, people will start commenting, hey, you gain weight. You look pregnant even before I was pregnant because <laughs> I, I just, you know, or once I got married, people would start telling me, oh, you have no other future now. You can't be a TV host anymore because you're just going to be at home and you're going to have to deal with your family and be married and have kids. And that's the only thing that you should be doing. So, you know, there are a lot of pressures also of, of becoming a woman. But more than anything, I think the Philippines has been growing a lot with, with in terms of really figuring out how to treat our women better. But yeah, I, I would I would like to say that it's 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 much better than I feel like it's I've never I've never worked in the US, but it, it has been much better in the Philippines than I would think in the US, only because there are a lot of opportunities here in the Philippines for women like myself. And I remember I was talking to someone um, from Singapore. I had a I had a woman speaker. Her name is Simone Heng. Uh, she lives in Singapore. She's amazing. She's an expert on human connection. And I was I was ranting to her about our government. You know, our government doesn't care about us. Our president is sexist. All these things. And she just told me, you know what? But living in the Philippines has actually given you a lot of opportunities that people in Singapore or people in other countries have not been given. And looking back, when I was seven years old or nine, ten years old, our our president was a woman. And before that, there was another woman president, you know. And I had four strong women in my life, my mom, uh, my aunts, and my grandma. I grew up, my, my grandma was a single mom raising four daughters. So I... I, I had that with me. So I wouldn't say I, I I'm not going to say I struggled a lot, but there are certain things that I struggle with, like physical appearances and, and, and things like that, that I feel I, I notice not not men don't talk about. I mean, the audience don't talk about when it's a when, when it's a male host. So sure, yeah. I've also had or like old or, you know, old companies that would think having a male host would be better. Or a male person is is a smarter person. Like I had an uncle who told me I had a boyfriend before who was very smart and and he said, Oh, this guy is he's a smart dude, huh? You know, it's good that you have a boyfriend that's a smart dude. And I said, Yeah, but I'm a smart girl too. And then he goes, Yeah, but but men who are smart are actually smarter than women who are smart. Oh <laughs> god. Like, oh boy. What? <laughs> that went straight down the hill so you can't have it all i guess it's yeah. it's there's there's progress but it's not yet perfect i don't think yeah. it ever will be yeah yeah 
But what you said was what we said was so beautiful early, early in that point, And you came back to it also, right? Like as a seven-year-old, as someone who is starting to dream, see the world uh, in a bigger way and, and maybe their place in it a little bit, right? Those dreams are, are really starting to pop off. Like at that point you were taught, oh, I can be president, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is, that's incredible. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this when I was, uh, when I was on your show, the, the power of relatability is so it, it's incredible when we see ourselves in someone else, we believe that we can. Uh, and so the fact that you saw that in such a year, early age, both in the four incredibly strong women around you, but then also in who your country decided to elect, uh, is, uh, is, is incredible. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah but, but you're right. I mean, just, just it's funny just because we got it here doesn't mean everything else is figured out. Right. I think, yeah. uh, I mean, we saw that in the United States, people were like, Oh, Barack Obama was president. So we're not racist anymore. All right. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's, that's not, that's not how that mm-hmm. works. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's funny the way people are like, great, we fixed it. It's like, no, that's not. Um, so yeah, I think it's also, I, I, I love the stories that you also shared. I don't, I don't love that they happened to you, but that you shared them and, you know, is, is mm-hmm. just proof of, of just that. Uh, mm. Thanks for letting me ask you that question. I knew I knew it was a little sensitive, but it, it just I think it's there's so much that we can learn from other countries, and you all have had female presidents, so uh, yeah. we will get there. Uh, clearly, we're getting closer. Um, You're but, getting uh, close, man. Countless there. Are, we are. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Joyce, I've been throwing a lot of deep stuff at you, and I appreciate you letting me do it, Uh, but let's lighten it up a little bit. I have a segment on the show uh, that is called The Things That You Didn't Know About Me But Are Now Glad That You Did. Now, Joyce, there's something you should know, uh, and that is that the name of this segment changes every time, but the segment <laughs> itself the segment itself is basically the same, okay? Uh, so okay. how it's going to work is that you and I are going to share a couple of random facts about ourselves um, that are, have nothing necessarily to do with what we are talking about right now, um, and uh, and just, uh, just super random things, uh, whether it's a, an embarrassing story of something that happened when you were younger, um, or... Or, uh, or, or maybe just uh, just something silly and random that you do. Maybe you eat a food in a unique way or, or something like that. Uh, are you down to play, Joyce? I am down. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Okay, here's my first story. Uh, the first scar that I can remember getting um, is on my right knee. Um, and it's because I was fooling around in the kitchen while my mom was making spaghetti and she was boiling water. And I bumped into the stove and some of the water came over and spilled onto my knee. And uh, to this day, my mom Rabalata spaghetti is still the best food I've ever had. It doesn't matter that it has literally scarred me. Uh <laughs> But uh, but so yeah, there's there's a random one from me. What do you got oh, for us? Since we're in the line of scars already, the first scar that I got, I don't know if you could see it here. Do you see that here? I do. This is a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. It's actually deeper when I don't have makeup on. But the first scar that I got was um I was around two or three years old and I fell down the stairs and there was a nail who's whose sharp edge was just right outside because uh, it was a wooden um, staircase and it went right through my eyebrow, just missing, (laughs) just missing my eye by a few centimeters. And now it's just this big, big scar that I have. See, you see that? Look at that. Yes. A badge of honor. 
Yes. <laughs> looks like it's, and 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 friends would call me Summer X when I was a kid because it was much deeper and more profound when oh, yeah. when I was younger. So, yeah. how many there's facts worse, are we there's sharing? Worse, there's worse nicknames than Samurai <laughs> X when you're younger, right? Like <laughs> that's, true. that's a badass nickname. <laughs> that's, a, that's a badass nickname for you. Like, okay, yeah, this one can stick. That's fine. This one can stick. Yeah. <laughs> My poor dad's nickname was Squirrel. Um, <laughs> 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 everyone's got something uh mm -hmm. yeah we'll just do we'll do a couple each or a few each <clears throat> um okay uh, so i'll give you i'll give you one more uh and uh, uh so uh, what was the one that i just had i just had it where it just went away scar. um i do have another scar story i can tell you that uh <clears throat> so um oh yeah here it is <clears throat> so uh when i was younger i could not keep pets alive I just, I couldn't, don't worry. I never had a dog. So like, don't, or cat, like, don't go, don't go all the way over there. No mammals. Um, but uh, that's not true. I, I did have a rabbit rest in peace, but, um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, uh, the longest pet that I was able to keep alive besides the bunny, he did okay. Um, but, uh, was a blue garami, which is a freshwater fish about yay big. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and all blue lived for about four months. It was the longest i had ever had a pet and since he was my longest living pet we gave him a proper burial he did not go down the toilet uh oh. instead he was in a shoe box in the front yard with a rock as a tombstone so oh. uh, so there you go <laughs> the, the pet that i was able to keep alive the longest was for four months uh and it was a blue a blue fish wow. how why? <laughs> why 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 couldn't you keep them alive i'm curious you know i don't i Were you feeding them too much yeah i don't know if it was too much too little i don't know if i just you know i think it's one of those things where it's like i love fish but then you also realize you have to clean the tank right um yeah. and uh, and fish are a little temperamental and i have adhd <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know i mean let's let's blame it on the fish really it's really fish fish's fault when you think about it you know the fish are temperamental yeah, yeah sure fish, that's their you know, problem you know they're looking at me with the hairy eyeball anyway listen and we don't got to get into it right? you know you know how science works um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I also just had, uh, I think I had big uh, pet owning dreams, uh, but then like mm -hmm. my ADHD and the fact that I wanted to always be anywhere and everywhere at the same time, uh, I just, I just wound up not being a very good pet parent, to be honest. So, Do you, I, do you have pets now though? Uh, we do. I was, uh, when I, uh, when I... Uh, uh, when I came to start to date uh, Tina, who is now my wife, uh, she had a small dog named Sherry. And so I got what they call a twofer, uh, my wife and Sherry in the package. So Sherry is a <laughs> 10-year-old Dachshund Sheltie mix, and she's very sweet. That's good. Are you keeping her alive? You're doing good so this far, time around, right? Six years, yeah, definitely by far the longest <laughs> I've had a pet alive. Six years so far with me, four years before me. So, yeah. <laughs> good job, James. I'm happy for you. Yeah. And You've so come far, a my long baby, way from four months. Yep. And so, so far, you know, we had a baby two months ago. So, so far the baby's been alive two months. And so that's great. So we're doing, we're doing great over here. I think I'm becoming a better parent every day. <laughs> You're making up for lost times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You will not have died in vain. 50 some <laughs> and a couple of lizards. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got for you. What do you hit, hit us with one more Joyce? Give us one more. Okay. One more. When you told me that your dream as a kid was to become a race car driver, I lit up 
because I was actually a race car driver before. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Look at this <laughs> a photo of her with the helmet. Tell me about this story in the, in the whole and in, in the suit. And the suit and everything. Yeah. Right. Look at and that. The pose too, and the, the pose, of course. Come on. Now. And Pop the, the pose. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually raced. Uh, I did circuit racing for a couple of years here in the Philippines from 2015 to around 2017. I was racing cars for three seasons and I actually won in the podium. I got, I get, I think my best one was like a second placer for female celebrity drivers so yeah there it is that is super fun and and here's the thing so before i started racing cars i had no idea how to drive manual and so i was asked by a a a car company it's like hey do you want to race cars and i said yeah sure okay so we signed the papers and they said okay so just show up for um, racing school in the state. So I showed up and the, the, the teacher, our coach was like, okay, you only have to learn the first thing here. And if you don't know this thing, get out of my classroom. And he said, you have learned how to drive stick. If you don't know how to drive stick, get out of my classroom. <laughs> and I had no idea how to drive manual. I have never in my life driven manual. So the first time that I learned how to drive manual, and the first time that I drove a manual car was on a racetrack. Incredible. If you'd believe it. Incredible. Yeah. And driving, driving, <laughs> do you now do you now enjoy driving stick? No. It's okay, traffic great. in the Philippines. Great. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> only if it, only if you're on the racetrack, I guess. But in the Philippine city, driving is just horrible. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I have a friend who was quoted as saying, "If you're not driving stick, you're just aiming," and I appreciated that. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was a good quote. Do you still have a thing? Do you have a thing for cars? Do you do you enjoy do you enjoy cars? Yeah, I still do, but uh, I don't know if if you also felt this when you found out that you guys were pregnant. Um, my my husband and I used to just buy whatever you know you you used to live life on the edge if you wanted a new car even if that means buying a secondhand fast car you'd go ahead and do that Mm. um but now now that i found out i was pregnant we're looking at suvs and minivans oh wow how quickly we give up (laughs) (laughs) i've given up on my dreams i'm just like and, and my best friend came to me and she said you know you used to be a cool girl once you used yep. to be fun. You used to race cars. And now we're just looking at minivans and, uh, and being so happy that you get a chance to buy a minivan. But um, I'm, I'm loving the transition. I guess one day when I'm not pregnant anymore and <laughs> nursing a baby, then I, I'll, I'll get back to it. But in the meantime, it's minivans and SUVs for me, James. Yeah, there it is. There's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a toy car on the side, but you know, I also we also uh, went the SUV route when we found out that we were pregnant, and I vowed that I would never buy an SUV. And uh, right, per usual, I promptly ate my words. So uh, that, that's fine. That's fine. As soon as you say I will never, that usually means it's probably going to happen at some point in my life now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you are. Uh, a friend, you are pregnant. I don't know if I, I don't know. Let me, let me be the first person to tell you that right now. Um, I don't know if you knew that about yourself, but, uh, no, <laughs> but this is so super. That's I'm what so- this tummy is going on. 
That's what it. I thought it was just too much beer. Oh, geez. It's super exciting. This is fun because when we first, uh, when you and I first talked, uh, we were pregnant and then we had our baby on New Year's Eve. Um, and it's so fun that now you and I are talking and you are pregnant uh, and do and do in, in just a handful of months, uh, which is which is so fun. And I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm also nervous for you. It's uh, it's it's a lot. It's really beautiful. Um, but it's also like, oh, wow. OK, this is this. This happens every day. I got to take care of you every day. Got it. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I don't know if I've done anything every day of my life. Um, so uh, but it, it's, it's a beautiful gift. Uh, and so uh, I know I know that your your time is valuable. So I have one more question for you. Uh, and it's, it revolves around around parenting. Um, and it's, it's a broad question. Uh, but I'm wondering uh what is one thing that you are looking forward to teaching your child? Oh my goodness. One question and uh, a world full of answers for that question. <laughs> huh? <laughs> when in doubt and softly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, you're right. It's, it's a scary time. Honestly, I, I was actually, diagnosed with depression and anxiety in 2016. And I've been okay for the past couple of months. But this pregnancy honestly triggered my anxiety again, like I would randomly wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, have to deal with my anxiety. I I talked to my, my my therapist about it. And it's just a scary time. But it's also a really exciting time in the sense that you get to bring a new human being to this world. And help mold that human being to become someone that could actually make the world a better place. And I guess that's the one thing that I want to teach my child that he or she has a capability to become a good person, to become a person that loves God, that loves his community, that loves his family, and that he can actually make a difference in this world, you know, that his voice will never be too little or too small to make an impact, that his actions will never be too soft or too invaluable, that it wouldn't make an impact, that he actually has intrinsic value and that he should see every other person and human being with the same intrinsic value and treat them with respect and love and empathy. And, and, you know, I think if there's anything that I would want to change in this world, it's really the apathy that we all sometimes Mm -hmm. have because of how busy everything is, how fast paced everything is and how honestly comfortable everything is, you know, everything's because of technology, social media, all these other things, things can be so easy if, if you live in a privileged lifestyle, but, and, and, and you could be so easily become apathetic because of that. But I want to teach my, my child to be empathetic. I want to teach my child that he has the capability and the capacity to make a difference. So maybe that's the one thing that I'd love to teach my child. How about you, James? I'm going to throw that question back at you because it's hard. Up oh, and we're <laughs> out of time. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Uh, first off, shout out to you. I mean, you just painted with some words. Uh, that was really, that was really beautiful. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It was excited. And you know, we're both, uh, you're having, are you, um, are you having a boy? I can't tell you, James, we're going to do the gender reveal. Okay. I'm going to steal your idea. 
if okay, it's a great. girl. You should. Yeah, yeah. you should. Um, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we we had a boy. Uh, we had a boy, and uh, and his name is Rome, R O A M. Uh, he's a pretty cool, dude. So far, uh, we'll keep him. But uh, <laughs> I think I think along the lines of what you shared, um, I want especially the idea of raising uh, raising a boy who will become a man in this world. Uh, that's not something to be taken for granted. Right. And, and so I'm really excited and also overwhelmed at the prospect of, of trying to raise a very good man. Um, I think our mm-hmm. world needs good men. Uh, and, and so uh, I want to be, uh, I want to raise a man who is, uh, who is not afraid to share his process of what he is going through and what emotions he is feeling. And, uh, you know, there, there's so much strength in vulnerability. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, just someone who is self-aware. Um, and I also want to raise someone who is curious, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and curious about others. Like you said, uh, what, what a way for us to make the world feel smaller. Uh, what a way for us to start to, uh, just bring us closer together. If we were all a little more curious, I believe a lot of our issues would would go away because we would see that the mm-hmm. gaps that uh, the media, that social media, that uh, that I don't know, rants on of neighbors next to each other, uh, right? Like even those kind of things, like uh, just stopping and asking another question before we just jumped to an assumption or before we gave another piece of advice, assuming we understood that person's world. And so let me tell you what you need to know right now. Um, Like I want, I want to raise a son who is curious um, Mm -hmm. about the world around him. I want to raise a son who is not afraid to listen like he might be wrong. Mm. Um, And so, yeah. So we'll see. Seems like a easy enough thing to do. So we'll just get to working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Seems better than trying to keep your pet alive before. So I think you're going to be good doing good at it. Yeah, for sure. Here we go. Here we go. I deserve that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Joyce, I cannot thank you enough for coming in here and hanging out with me at the diner, my friend. It has been so special having you here. Uh, and, uh, and shout out to the Philippines, uh, the thriller from Manila out here. Uh, and uh, it is just so uh, special to get to spend this time with you um, and, uh, and to have you share your stories, uh, your thoughts, your wisdom, and, uh, and just you. I really appreciate you, Joyce. Thank you. Thank you also, James. I really appreciate this time. I love our conversation. And can I just say that people are still messaging us about the episode that we did together. Um, and, and especially in the culture that we have, you know, you talking about how leaders can lead imperfectly, how we, how we should be value, uh, valuing relatability and being imperfect. That was just such a huge, important conversation that we all needed to hear. So you having diner talks and, and having this podcast and having the show is just a breath of fresh air and i cannot tell you how excited i am that you are now going to bring your light to different parts of the world with different people from across the world so thank you thank you i'm, I'm really so honored to be the first of many international collabs great to be here the first of many indeed my friend uh thank you so much <laughs> uh, i do think i would i would be 
honored to, to record another episode. Uh, I don't know what happened to my audio in the last one, but I promise you it will be good on the next one. Uh, and so if you'll have me back, <laughs> I will not let you down. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't thank you all enough. Listen, my friends, uh, it has been such an honor getting to kick it with Joyce. Make sure you check her out, joyspring.com. Uh, you can also feel free to check her out at Joyce Spring on Instagram. Make sure you download Adulting with Joyce Spring wherever you listen to podcasts, blowing up on Spotify. I think you can also find it on iTunes, but check, check it out on Spotify though. Um, but she is all over the place. She has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on Joyce and to you all podcast listeners. Thank you for being here. Please drop a comment. Let me know what you think about this episode. Shout out Joyce uh, on your favorite social media channel. Let her know how much you loved it. And until next time, my friends, let us keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Thank you all so much. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Diner Talks with James. It was so much fun getting to hang out with you and finish our milkshakes in that squeaky red leather booth. <laughs> if you do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, that would be dope. And also, if you could leave a review on iTunes, well, <laughs> come on now, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> also, if you want to be a part of the action, we record these live on YouTube Live every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to YouTube and type in James T. Robo and smash that red subscribe button so you know when we go live next. Also, while we're on the subject, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. I post meaningful content on Instagram, witty content on Twitter. Let's get connected in some other places, folks. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the guest tonight, please check out the show notes. My friends, until next time, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care.